is Tariq Talk. Your host, Tariq Mendez, takes you on a journey with guests from all around the world. Broadcasting around the world. Around the world. This is Tariq Talk. All right, guys, we are here today with Leonard Gabriel at Mana Contemporary. He's an artist from the, if I'm saying this correctly, the ESCAF? ESCAF program. ESCAF yes. program, yeah. perfect. It's a, so, actually, it's an ESCAF foundation. ESCAF foundation, is, yes. perfect. Um, thank you so much for letting me come here and share about to share your story and your wisdom. I'm so excited we got to meet today. Thank you, my um, pleasure. Thank you. So we're going to start, do you want to start with telling us a little bit about yourself? Yes, um, I'm a figurative artist. Um, I have had uh, a long career in the arts. Uh, I sold creative services to advertising agencies for about 20 years. Um, before that, I was a company photographer. My life has really been mainly photography. And then there was a disruptive change that happened with the computer came in, and um, I did a number of different jobs. Somebody said to be a good art teacher and I taught art uh, in Springfield, New Jersey for the last 20 years. Uh, at the end I taught uh, AP Art History, AP Studio, uh, Ceramics, 3D Design, 3D Printing, Photoshop. Um, and I retired in June 21. Oh wow. So uh, since then I have been really concentrating on making art and traveling, looking at great art to inform my work and also, and also making art almost every day. Oh, wow. And do you think being retired now has, like, impacted your work? I think, um, you know, as an artist, even when I was working, I was always making art, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I did a lot of life drawing because the life drawing was, you, know, you could go and you could really knock out some art and get to really uh, move in it. But I think the commitment was always there. I was I always had the, a strong work ethic. I always just, I enjoy working, you know, I enjoy being in the studio, so now I have a real opportunity to do that on a really a full-time basis, and I put a lot of hours in because it provides energy for me. It's a source of renewal. Yeah, um, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And you previously mentioned when we were having a conversation off camera that you travel a lot. Do you think that inspires a lot of your work? Like, oh, how does that absolutely. Uh, I've been fortunate to as soon as I retired to travel, I was uh, um, in Europe for three months. Um, uh, I uh, went to the Venice Biennale and saw really great. I, went, I was there for two weeks in Venice. Uh, I also uh, traveled to Rome um, and saw the Vatican Museum. Uh, I took a one-day uh, train ride to Florence. I saw the David, which was uh, truly in inspiring. I just It was just really impactful. Uh, Botticelli's Birth of Venus, Primavera, um, these things were just, and I taught art history, so I really, really uh, wanted to see these things. In addition to that, you know, I also went to Miami and saw Art Basel, and so I've seen a lot of art, and I think it really has an impact. You know, it's interesting, uh, my son uh, went to uh, University of Baltimore, University of Maryland, Baltimore County. He had a teacher, a professor, and she had this idea of the museum of your mind, that everything you see gets put back in a museum in your mind. And when you make art, you reference it, whether you know it or not. And I have, after this last year and a half of seeing great art and being involved with great art, I think it's really impacted my work. You know, I can see things that I've recognized or it feels right. You know, I, it's just... The scene, and then being here in SCAF is unbelievable because I can literally walk to the museums. I go on the PATH train, I walk to all the galleries in Tribeca. You know, I, I went and saw um, Cicely Brown uh, to speak at the Met. It's just an incredible experience. So, yes, that was an amazing show. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I also wanted to ask you, Sherry, that you have a son. This is a question that I love asking the people sure. I interview because I don't have any kids. But when I'm around kids, I always feel like my imagination gets more freely because yes. you know they don't have any restrictions or rules. Yes. Um, previous guest asked this question too. Um, do you th do you think having like do you have more than one child? I have one son. One son um, has like having a child like impacted your work, like your creative process to be. So yes, having a child does impact. Um, 
that's a special one-on-one. -on -one. You see how they just put things. I would have different toys where he would put together things, and it was just interesting to see how they did it. But also, I taught. I taught grades three through five for five years, wow. and, and then I taught middle school for ten years. Mm -hmm. And that was probably I would have to say, you know, I was teacher of the year. I was considered the crew creative guru of the district. They, they had a really strong oh, wow, program. Amazing. And then I taught high school, you know, and so um, I think seeing how these minds create at different stages of their development has really, really impacted my work. And it's also impacted the possibilities, you know. Teaching, especially when they're making art, um, there's different thinking at all different ages as they develop. And I think my, my particular way of of teaching was really about personal voice. We, I didn't focus too much on academics. It was really the expression of personal voice, and you could. It was really exciting to see, you know, someone that was an adolescent be able to express something, or someone who was a child be able to see these things. And I think seeing these, and then of course, as an artist, I would see lines that were really extraordinary or impactful, creative, and I think that made me look and see in a different way. It was really. Really, I, I, it was a really great experience. And going back to your travels and your art knowledge and everything that you know, how is it for you Like when you go to a museum? like Do you always find, because you probably know so much of art, Like, are you able to enjoy the art or are you just like, art, like always thinking like every detail? Like, well, I wonder how, like, what period this is from, how they did this, or can you just like relax <laughs> from like a you know, consumer type of view. Uh, well, you know, that's interesting. You know, I have a mind that goes a million miles an hour, you know. So, first of all, just being in these and seeing this great art is just, it's an amazing experience, mm -hmm. you know, I'm in awe. Um, but it's, since I taught art history, um, you know, I do a visual analysis, you know, how is it made? What did it do? What, how are the brush strokes? Uh, what do I see? What does it look like? You know, how is the color put down? You can always tell an artist at an art museum. They're the ones that are really close yeah. looking deeply, <laughs> yeah. you know. So um, I, I just find, that especially after since I've taught art history, especially since then. I'm, and, you know, before art history, I thought I really knew art history, but I really didn't. Uh, and, I, you know, I thought all the art before the Impressionists was all the same style, you know. And, and I realized there was so, it was just so much deeper. So that has really been... And, and, you know, sometimes you see things that artists have done in the past and you say, you know, that kind of gives me permission to do these sort of things. Or I make a mark like that or similar to it, you know, or that's interesting how they do this. And it really, you could really, you really take it back to the studio. And I don't think you say, oh, I'm going to paint like this. But yeah. when you're doing that, you see the mark. I mean, I had this one professor, art professor, that said, you know, you make a mark and, and your eye sees it and then you change it in your brain and it goes down your arm and, and you make a mark and it's just in a creative loop and I just find it to be really interesting, you know, really fascinating. Do you ever have a, one of those artistic moments where you're going through something in life or you're inspired by something and you create like a piece of art but you're not sure where that came from and then like maybe like weeks later or days later you're like, oh my gosh, this was, you know, I was influenced by this or I was going through this, so it reflected a little bit on the canvas. Do you have any of those? I, I think, you know, David Hockney was asked, he, a famous British artist, he's 82, and when he has work, he has a tremendous amount, there's a tremendous amount, and they ask him, how, how does he do that? He says, well, first of all, I'm 82, I don't go anywhere, you know, I'm in the <laughs> studio. But second of all, he says, when I, when I make art, I have, it gives me energy. I feel like I'm 30. It's not, it's not only when I stop, it's that I feel, oh, wow. and I find that when I'm in the studio, there is this experience that I have that, that is just transcending. You know, and I kid one of the artists I was talking about, you know, I'm going to have a spiritual experience here looking at the art. And it really is. It really has that impact. So, yeah, it is. It is. It, I think sometimes when you're making art, it just everything works. It flows. You're, you're in you're in the flow. Uh, Mahaley Chicks and Mahaley wrote about that. You know, mm. you're in the flow where everything looks heightened. The colors are heightened. Uh, and, there's, and it doesn't happen very often. But when it does. Um, it's it's an incredible experience. So yeah, I think you know it's this whole process is is really stimulating. Yeah. And going back to your creative process, are you an artist that like to you know create in the morning, afternoon, or night? Like, do you have a preference, or it's just more spontaneous? For you, you know, I'm really not an early riser, uh -huh. and you know I do work 
have a tendency to work late at night. I'll start and I just keep on working. And sometimes I have to realize, you know, it's like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I got to get to bed. You Cold know, <laughs> but but you know, it, it's it, when I'm working late. It just you know, I just have a uh, everything's passes the time spat passes you know so i do i try to get up a little bit earlier uh to try to do that um especially if i'm in a studio that doesn't really have good light you know mm-hmm. um but i spend a lot of time in the studio yeah. you know I, I really like being in there so and what's your process like because like when you first get into the studio do you have kind of like a routine where you have to sit down look at stuff like imagery coffee or do you just get right to work I pretty much, you know, I have had situations where I, I've, just before I go to bed, I said, I'm going to go down and take a look at something. I, well, it needs a little bit here. And next thing you know, I'm, I'm painting for a couple of yeah. hours, you know. Uh, the process, um, I, I, when I come to the studio, I'm pretty much ready to work. It's really, what's really great about SCAF being at MANA is that I'm walking towards here. When I'm here, I'm ready to work. But I, I think what's really different about what I do is that, you know, a half of my life I've been a photographer. You know, I was started out as a corporate photographer, and I came to New York and I worked in a, the advertising industry that dealt with the photographic image. And you know, during that time, I always took photography, street photography, I had a lot of photographs. And what happens is a lot of my work is based on photography, and then from there I'll make drawings. And drawing for me has really been tremendous you know I'll make full-size contour drawings oh, wow. and and uh, of the painting. if I do it with 30 by 40 painting I'll do a 30 by 40 drawing mm-hmm. and um, you know with charcoal and there's something about the feedback of the charcoal on the paper you know and there's just a lot of movement and freedom um, sometimes what I'll do is I'll make a collage you know I'll take it's and then some of the images I use are from music videos that I'll take a collage make a picture of it and I'll cut it up and make a collage you do a color study so there's a lot of processes you know but photograph uh, the drawing the collage sometimes even printmaking you know in the process of getting to uh, the photograph you know and so and it just kind of, I just kind of fell into that, you know, it wasn't something that I really, just like, well, I'm going to draw, you know, I, I don't have a studio now, so now I'm going to draw, or, or I, I don't have a studio, so I have a 9 by 12 uh, heavy-duty watercolor pad, and I'm using gouache, and I can use up my ideas there, and it just sort of developed into that sort of process. One thing that's really interesting is that I use this kind of long, narrow format and I was wondering why I was doing that. And then at some point I was chicken ratios and it turns out that this format I'm using is, is exactly the same format of a 35 millimeter camera. So wow. it just turned out that that's, you know, that's the size that I felt comfortable with. And now I'm doing paintings that are 32 inches by 48. They're big, but it's the same format, you know, and it just fits into that. So I, that's really interesting that I've been shooting photography for years with like 35 millimeter and then now digital in that same format That's so fascinating so yeah it really it's really interesting and do you ever like go back since you did photography do you ever go back to like photographs you've taken and then try to repaint them well you know i do have a lot of photographs i don't really re uh, re uh, retake them what i do is i i um i do a couple things i do photo photo compositions photo comps where i take them apart and reassemble them in photoshop mm-hmm. uh, but i do like the handwork so sometimes i'll print out um blazer prints and cut them up with scissors and rearrange them there's something about that physical interaction that really and all that color to it you know so um i'm i am constantly looking at images and mm-hmm. as a matter of fact i'm not a lot of fun to look at a movie because then i'll stop the movie and say look at that, what they're doing here and this is see how the background's out of focus yeah. and you know and i have people say i don't care i just want to watch the movie you know so i'm constantly looking at videos looking at movies i'm looking at videos of artists looking at music videos, stopping to see how they do it, you know, and then I, I look at images all, the, all mm-hmm. the time. It's pretty much, that's pretty much what I do. And where does inspiration come for you? Like, do you have to travel? Do you have to, like, be in motion? Or I think, idea? you know, I'm a figurative artist. So, you know, one of the things I'm trying to do that I'm doing, the main focus of what I'm doing is emotion expressed through the body language of the, of the person, mm-hmm. you know. And I think... Uh, you know, when I sold creative services, I was a conservative consultant, but I sold creative services. I really, I was a really big salesman, and I could tell by the body language and the questions they were asking whether or not it was they were interested or not, because it's all about what the client wants. So, yeah. whether am I satisfying what they want? 
And so you can actually see that. I have a feel for it. There's a feeling that I get. And, I, and so when I look at photographs, I can see almost, you know, what the person's feeling or could possibly be feeling. So that's where I think, and then I, then I feel right away, I want to draw that. You know, I want to draw what that looks like, you know. And so I would say, and, and I'm constantly looking at images and I'm constantly inspired by the images that I see, you know, or think about them. Think about what a person, you know, how a person would walk, uh, what are they feeling, you know. And I'm not saying that I know what they're feeling, but there is something that I'm, I can perceive. So that's really where my inspiration comes from. And how does that work for you? Do you keep it, like, all in your head, or do you have, like, a sketchbook or your notes? I app? do, you know, I do a lot. I look a lot of images. I do a lot of drawing, and I seem to be thinking all the time. People, <laughs> people say, you got those wheels running, yeah. you know. So... And, and I'm working through like a whole series of competitive swimmers, you mm -hmm. know, not really when they're swimming, but at the moment when they're on the starting block, that moment before, what is it in their language, you know? Yeah. Uh, I have one painting where I think somebody's called out to the person, they look to the right and they're really annoyed because they're so worked up, you know? Uh, when people are dancing, there's a certain, like a movement. Or even when they're sitting down looking at you, there's a certain thing yeah. about it. So, you know, um, when I see an image, I, I was looking through a, a newspaper in, in Germany, and there was this photograph, a 1931 photograph by August Sander of the secretary, and she looked so contemporary. She was very cool. She had a short haircut, and she looked in the camera. Where she had this really, you could see a sense of confidence, mm -hmm. you know, self-knowing, and I just felt like, wow, you know, that was just, and she felt very contemporary, almost 100 years, 90 years old, this photograph, wow. you know, so I just see things and right away, you know, yeah, you absorb that, it. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that leads to another and leads to another. And who are you infl like influenced by? Like who, who is like your top artist? Well, you know, I think right now the one of the artists that I that one of the contemporary artists I think is really exciting for me is Jennifer Packer. She's okay. 40 years old. She just, last year she had a one person show at the Whitney mm -hmm. and also uh, a show uh, at the Museum of Contemporary Art in Los Angeles, MoCA, oh, MoCA and she's yeah. doing figurative in a way I haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's it's you know most of the figurative I I see the best way to describe describe is that it's expressive. You know, it may not be anatomically correct. There's something about the color form that expresses type of, and she's doing expressive portraiture in a way that I've never seen before. You know, uh, she has drawings. She draws a lot. And I like the, this idea of combining painting with drawing, which is really tough to do because yeah. it's hard. It's either a drawing or a painting. But she'll have drawings in the painting where she has the hand of a person that's down, and then she decides to have it uh, the, across his waist, and she keeps the, the first drawing in there. You know, so I just think her that. And then, you know, the, all the Renaissance, you know, uh, Raphael, Botticelli, and Michelangelo, you know, and I, and then, you know, I could just go on and on. My head is full of this art history, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, Goya, you know, all this, this, and even uh, Gerhard Richter, even the new ones. So, and I, I, last weekend I was in Tribeca, I went to all those, mus those galleries, there was some really amazing there also. So mm -hmm. it's, it's chock full. There's a lot. They're yeah. all fighting for, for space in my head. <laughs> I like that. And one thing I like about your work, one of my favorite um, artworks you have, it's like two gentlemen. One yeah. Is sitting. And I call that brothers. Yeah. Brothers. Um, I really like that one. Um, at first, I love the use of colors that you do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like in the same family, but it's so expressive. Yes. Right. But those two paintings really like touched me. I don't know how to explain it, but I really like connected with it. And I said, oh, my God, I can't wait to interview you yes um because i try not to like read too much into the, like the person that i yeah. interview because yeah. i kind of want to learn with the right with the listeners so everything you said like i'm kind of putting like two and two because i always look at the work and i'm like oh i kind of see this like the figure yeah yeah i get that um where do you see yourself like in, like in your next step like like what are you working on at the moment that you kind of envision for well the you know one of the goals of of artist residencies to experiment mm -hmm. you know and I've been trying different things and I think when I was in uh, you know I, I meant I mentioned before the the uh, interview I went to San Miguel Allende uh, it's an artist town north of Mexico City and I rented a casita with a um, 12 by 15 foot studio to prep for this and I painted for three months and I believe at the end I had a really I had a breakthrough you know and then coming here 
uh, was really good because I, I more or less hit the ground running. You know, I kind of figured out what I was doing. It took me about a week to get to get into the gear here, whereas in San Miguel, it took me uh, the first month. I was just experimenting and oh, wow. before I figured it out. But um, so I have. I've had a number of different styles, a number of different breakthroughs. Uh, uh, I'm going to go back to Europe uh, right after this and paint for three months um, and explore some of the ones that I've done. I'm talking right now to a curator in Mexico City who's interested in doing a one-person show uh, in beginning of next year. Um, and he also has connections with a gallery in Oaxaca, so it's possible that that could happen. But uh, so the next thing is, is I'm going to continue working what I've what I've been doing now, uh, and and then from there I I probably go see some shows. I'll probably see um, Art Basel in Miami. You know that was a really great thing, yeah. and I'll go back to San Miguel and paint. I have a question. Since you mentioned like all the work that you have been creating throughout your life, do you happen? Um, like, do you have a, like a big archive of your paintings? I, you know, I, uh, I I have some artwork that I've kept. Mm -hmm. Other ones, after I've looked at them for for a few years, I said, you know, maybe that isn't so good. You know, yeah. it's really moved on. I, I have an artist friend. There was one painting I really liked, and then at the end, I don't like it as much. And my artist friend says, as you get better, the paintings you liked before yeah. they, don't, they don't work for you. Um, what happened was when I was teaching, teaching art, especially when I got in the middle in high school, I didn't have a lot of time, you know. So I used to do a lot of life drawing. And they have these life drawing studios where there's a model, no instructor, and you pay $25. And, and I really like that because in two or three hours, you and it's very expressive, charcoal, pastel, boom, you know. And so I do have a large collection. And then that night, you know, and you experiment, that night I come back with some really nice things that are on newsprint you know they're not final art but they're they're very expressive they're very special in their own right mm -hmm. so I do have a lot of the life drawing and I think that's why I'm able to paint figuratively because of all the life drawing I've been doing for I started in earnest about seven years ago and I've been doing it for wow. you know six or seven years yeah. now to the point where and now when I draw something Th th there's just something it just kind of hits me yeah that's right or I mean, that's the way it looks yeah. like you know it's it just you know so so that's that's my collection is and when you go back to normal life are you able to since you mentioned it like figurative like when you're having fun or with your son are you able to kind of like relax or as you mentioned before is your mind always working like picking up certain things and observations you know I've had people say you know you're passionate and I don't I don't think I'm really passionate but I get up in the morning and I want to be in the studio, mm -hmm. you know, I, I guess you call that driven, you know, yeah. so I'm, I really feel, you know, do the work. And yeah. I hear that message over and over and over again, do the work, you know, um, you know, famous athletes have said, you know, the reason I'm good is I practice every day, you know, and the reason that people are practice every day is because they're driven. They're not yeah. doing it because they, they, they have to. They do it because they want to, they want you to, know. Yeah. And so, so my son, my son is, um, uh, he, he, you know, both his parents were art teachers, and he was they had art all the time. So we talk about art, you know, wow. often, you know. And uh, uh, we have these long conversations, you know, about art and and what has, what's going on in his life, and you know, he's coming actually for the show. He'll be here tomorrow. And so, and I have, it's nice, I do have some friends who are, you know, I call them and talk to them because everyone is retired and you know, they're everywhere, you know. So, um, I don't know, it, it, you know, since I've started this in January in San Miguel um, and been working here, it's been pretty much, I've been thinking about art pretty much well, most of the time. And when I go home, you know, I'll follow people who are YouTubers that visited this Mary Lynn, Bu Mary Lynn Buchanan, is, she's excellent she travels all over and sees all these galleries um or also look at videos about artists mm -hmm. you know so um so basically you're like an endless 24-hour creative yeah i i and i i enjoy it people say you're gonna burn out i, I yeah. don't burn out this is the, that's the way i work i've always worked that way you know have you burned out before artistically no not not no not really no i just you know uh, my brother who's a very successful businessman said you know you're project driven not schedule driven yeah. you know you start a job and you just keep working on it you get done and you know the one thing is i think i learned that when i was working in advertising you know i my specialty was delivering work on a rush basis you know on time 
and so often I would work all night long, you know, mm -hmm. and doing these things. And that's how everybody in advertising worked. And I just became part of who I am, you know. And you work until the work's done, and then you put your feet up, you know. Yeah. Uh, so. And do you think that has, like, shaped the artist you are today? Like, with giving you, like, discipline and ambitious and. Absolutely. You yeah. know, I mean, this may seem a little, little uh, kind of. Uh, I don't know. It's like I'm trying to pat myself on the back, but I I enjoy working. You know, yeah. it's it's I I enjoy getting and working on a job. It really gives me purpose, and I get involved in it. You know, um, uh, there was a time when when uh, all the businesses in New York City went out to business, everyone was 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 out of work, mm -hmm. and I found myself selling suits in mm -hmm. Nordstrom. You know, and I really felt like it was really below me, you know, mm -hmm. or maybe I had more talent than that, you know, but I had a mortgage and I had a kid. So I said, you know, I got to make this work, yeah. you know, because I'm going to hate doing it. So I got into it. I got into the fabric. I got into, you know, the styling of the coats. I got into connecting with customers, you know, and um, I was able to be as an artist, pick the different colors of yeah. fabrics and put everything together. So um, I just think uh, it's just a motivation so um as you mentioned with the fabrics do you think that kind of like inspire you to do the collages that you do now you know i i you know i i, I that's really interesting what is it about the collage it, what really did that was in advertising we would have clients that would for instance um there's this one company, a design company, that was doing the posters for Annie, the musical oh, wow. Annie. So they had this photo shoots, and they would send us transparencies, and we'd make prints of mm -hmm. these. And then we'd send them back, and then they would cut them and put them oh, together wow. and send back a collage piece what that was wanted. for concept. These are, these are concept pieces, yeah. you know. They would present this to the client. So they had Annie, and then they had Annie with an old dress, and then it came back with the same Annie, and they pasted it up with a new dress, and they had, you know, Daddy Warbuck's hand, but it wasn't big enough, so they sent back another one with a bigger hand. Yeah. And this whole thing of just... And then when, we were, when I was working with uh, uh, art directors and advertising agencies, they would use tear sheets, take magazines, mm -hmm. and tear out the tear sheets, and we would copy them, and they would blow them up to make a, a, what they call a comp, a dummy of what oh, wow. the ad could be. And so when they blew it up, you could see the dot pattern. In yeah. it, and it was just really exciting. And then they would go back and forth and back and forth. It's really exciting to see that. And sometimes they would cut like a zigzag pattern and so that you couldn't see where the line was. Oh, I mean, you could see the line, yeah, but, so like but because the of the zigzag. Yeah, yeah. So I think all that really got me excited about, and I started putting my collages together that way. Yeah. You know? It was really, uh, and it's fast and intuitive. And if it doesn't work, it's a collage. You just do another one exactly. or put some, cover it over. So, exactly. you know. That's so interesting. I love how, like, the trajectory of your life, like, little pieces you picked up along the way to be exactly where you are and how, like, you know, all of them kind of impacted your work today, I guess you could say that, right? Yeah, and you know what's really interesting? Some of the work that I'm doing now is very expressive in, in mark making. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a certain... In advertising, there's a deadline. Mm -hmm. You're working on a deadline to knock the, you know, this, these things done as fast as you can, but it's still time to be good. Yeah. And sometimes when I'm working on art, there is this sense of urgency or a sense of energy that's put into the artwork that I can really feel. And it's just, I feel it. You know, I feel it in a brush. I feel it in, a, in my hand. I feel it in moving it, you know. Um, so it's all those things that I think. That do you think of a deadline while you're creating? Like, do you still have that in your mind? No, it's just... I'm just working on the art, just working. you know, I'm working on the art to make it see if it c comes out. And the great thing about about being in, in a residency is that you can try things out. Yeah. It, sometimes it doesn't work out. You yeah. Know? But no, I don't think that this has got to be done at a certain time. I do think um, I want to make this work. Yeah. You know, I'm just I'm just working on the on the project, yeah. you know, and I'm trying different things. So it's not like I'm rushing, but there's an energy in doing it. You know, mm -hmm. so are you able when you're working in studio, um, like, are you able because I'm not like if somebody talks to me while I'm creating, I totally get distracted and then I have to like kind of like take a whole hour to get back in the zone. Are you able to go right back or I'm pretty much really flexible? involved, you know, yeah. you know, sometimes I don't even hear anything, you know, oh, wow. and uh, I had a friend who was we were making art in this in this uh, same space. And later on, she did a video. Mm hmm. And I saw it. I said, when would you do this? Yeah. She goes, 
when I was with you. I, you didn't even know. You didn't even know. I said, but you set up a camera and everything. You know, when yeah. did you do that? You know, so I don't, you know, I You're don't. Just in the zone. Yeah, I just, I just, I don't. And something, you know, it's not that I don't hear. It's just that I'm in, it doesn't, you know, once I'm working, it's really hard to, to mm-hmm. you know. To snap out. To get out. You know, I just, I just work until I'm done, you know. And I have a question because a lot of young artists um, send questions after they listen to each episode. And a lot of one of the questions that I get the most is young artists um, that want to be artists, but they don't know how to, you know, get the ball going in a way. What advice would you give to like a young artist that knows, you know, they want to go into the arts, but they don't really know their next step? Like they're kind of afraid or whatever the circumstance may be. Well, you know, you know, one thing uh, Picasso said, there's no inspiration. Inspiration is in work. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't know what you're going to do when you start working, it's still going to, you know, it'll come out. Just keep yeah. on working. That's the, that's the, and, you know, and, you know, it's just uh, Jerry Saltz. I listened to his book, you know, uh, How to Be an Artist, which is really, yeah. I'm listening, you know, I don't have time to read it, but I listen to it. And he's got a lot of good advice. And one of them is go to the studio and do the work, you know. Uh, also, I find that taking courses, when I, even when I taught, uh, and I taught for 20 years, I took a course every fall and, and spring, you know. Oh, wow. And so I would take at the Visual Arts Center in Summit. I would take courses, you know. Um, sometimes I would go to Kane and take uh, watercolor courses or yeah. drawing courses. Every, every spring, I would take ceramic courses. Every spring and fall, I took a course, you know. And so that helps because you're with professors, you know, you get kind of a feedback. Um, and then I got to the point where later in my career, I was doing the life drawing and I didn't need. And then, you know, at first I had an instructor and then I went to these open studios that didn't have an instructor. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, I can do this. I don't need to have an instructor, you know. So I think it's because, you know, for the 20 30, 40 years I've been you know, doing these courses. So I think number one is do the work. Don't wait for inspiration. Inspiration comes from working. Um, and, and number two is, you know, take courses, you know, take courses and, and, and you know, realize sometimes it doesn't work, you know. I, I listened to this uh, podcast. This fellow studies how artists work, mm-hmm. and he talks about their day. And so one of the ones I was really interested in was Maya Angelou, you know, the great poet. Oh, I love so her. what she does, he, he's, she rents an apartment. She goes where well, she's passed away, but she, go, she went there every morning at 9 o'clock, and she would work. So if she had a bad day, she would leave at 2. Mm-hmm. She had a good day, she stayed at 5. Oh, wow. And I thought that was really interesting because for me, it was the other way around. If I have a bad day, I just keep on working, yeah. you know, to where I work it through. And it doesn't really work, you no, know. Yeah. So then if she has a bad day, then she goes home and says, you know, today was a bad day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, today's a bad day. Put it to bed. We get up tomorrow and, and do it again, you know. So, you know, and every, all the artists go through this. I, I was telling one of my friends about that. I just painted a day and it was terrible. She says, that's a bad painting, yeah. you know? You have to do a lot of bad paintings to get to good paintings. So, you know, that's another... And there are so many videos, YouTube. There's a fellow that's an oil painter that I listen to also. There are so many out there that had advice for artists, you know? Uh, one of them was, you're going to make a lot of bad paintings, you know? And, but you, to get a good painting, all those bad paintings yeah. are in that good painting. You know, so. And do you ever like go back and repaint your paintings, or you kind of just like toss them? I, mean, I haven't. You know, I, I do have this swimming series that I've been doing for over a year. Oh wow! And you know, my son said, you know, it's getting kind of old. And I said, but every time I do it, it's different. It's like you a know, new it's a different. Yeah. It's a different. It comes out differently. You know, and so I do that. I have this dancer series, these ska dancers that I I do, um, and I look at these historical photographs. You mm-hmm. know, um, so. Yeah, and I think one of the things I learned here, uh, one of the, the, it was an art critic, Paul Laster, actually, he had me advice and say, you have a lot of work, but I don't see anything that connects it. And I said, well, it, it's all this human experience. He says, oh, yeah, that I have. But, you know, uh, I'd like to see, and I, I have a photograph by August Sander, who took this photograph of the secretary in 1930, 1930 and he said, you know, August did paintings or photographs you should say of all workers laborers oh, you wow. know um you know richard avedon did a series 
on the Western series, the Cowboy Western series. Mm -hmm. You know, when you go to a, a, a show, there is a theme that runs through that. So, um, you know, looking back on that, I didn't, I, I wanted him to say something more positive about the work, and he actually said the work was really good. Um, but now that's going to give me an opportunity to, to take each one of these series and really run with yeah. it. Yeah, and I have two questions in regards to collaboration. Have you ever done like a collaboration? I I, I haven't, but I spent a lot of time talking about art with or and about my art with it. Well, now you know this is that's an interesting thing. When I went to San Miguel to paint, I would tell people I'm there to, to paint, and they mm. said, "Well, who are you painting with?" with and I oh, said, wow. "I'm just me. I'm, yeah. not, I'm just painting." So then I started thinking, you know. I'd like, you know, I need to have a mentor, yeah. you know, a coach. Even the pros have coaches, you know. So I reached out to someone I had taken a class for before. Actually, mm -hmm. she was in Palm Springs, California. And I was, so would you be interested in, you know, I'm in Mexico and she's in Palm Springs. Oh, wow. And so she said, sure, that would be really great. And I had two one-hour Zoom sessions and we talked about the work, you know. And she said, you know, I usually don't do things with, with uh, mentors. I have meet people ask me all the time because what happens is they come up for the session and they haven't done the work. And oh. she says, you know, and I'm not your mother. You know, yeah. you have to do your homework, you know. She says, but you're already, you're already doing the work. So it was a very good session. And she saw some things in there. And she asked me, why, was, why did I like this? Uh, she saw some things that I didn't see, you know. Uh, she put a name on something that I, I, I knew. For instance, um, I'm trying to incorporate drawing. Mm -hmm. So one of them I did, I came back, you know, at the end I had a really thin brush of rigor and drew on it. And then when I did it, it was too strong, too prominent. It became another friend, another artist says, it's too important. When you look, that's all you see. So I started distressing it and essentially knocking it back into the painting. So when I explained that to her, my mentor says, I call that, when you do that, you're, what you're painting is sitting on top of the painting. Mm -hmm. And when you, dis when you um, distress it, you, it recedes into the painting. Mm -hmm. So that's something, and the, the point, reason I'm making that is because that's something I knew, but now I have a name. I can put a name yeah. to it, you know? And, I, and so those little things were just they're gems there's other things that she did and, and talked about that also like some of the of the painting that i do it's not an, anatomically correct it, it's expressive it's like contour drawing you know the hands are too big but it doesn't really matter because yeah. it's expressing and she says this is the type of drawing where some of the body parts aren't always you know mm -hmm. aren't always uh anatomically correct but it works yeah. you know so that's another thing but that yeah that's yeah, that's exactly what i was going to say because i thought I mean, I think your work is very expressive, but very, very flowy. Mm, so yeah. I feel like it could be easily, like, you know, inspiring to anybody, like any demographic, and everybody can take away some. Well, I hope from so. It. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's yeah. not like because a lot of them sometimes are like straight or like they want to convey a certain message. Yeah. But yours, like the more I look, and then like, like there's like the bench that turns into a leg, like yeah. becomes part. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like you do like a double take and when you're like ready to like either you see in person or you know swipe up on instagram you're like wait a minute was that was that a foot what was that you know yeah. what i mean but that's why i think it's so fascinating um i'm glad you brought that up um you know i, t I talk about the uh, expressive body language and it's emotive and somebody can really understand it so essentially what i want to do is I i'd like the viewer to to look at at the subject and say you know i know what that person's feeling or or, or I've been there before, or even ask, you know, what are they thinking? I wonder what they're thinking, you know? When you look at the two brothers, what are, what are they thinking? So my goal is for the viewer to have an emotional experience when they look at the painting. You know, the question, wow, that's interesting, and why is it interesting, and what's going on there? You know, is there a narrative? You know, these things are really, I think, a narrative. Everybody's really interested in the story behind it, and I think the body language of the people, there's an implied narrative that you can create your own story of what's happening or what, what's going on with these people. You know? Absolutely. That's actually going to be my next question. When you uh, create your work, are you thinking of like the perspective of the person that's seeing the work and what like emotion and message you're trying to convey? Or does it kind of like just flow spontaneously and it works out in the end and you're like, oh my God, this is exactly what I wanted and I got it. That's a very interesting question. You know, the brother's painting I've done... Mm -hmm. uh, a, a color study I've done a drawing oh, wow. and I've also done the, the finish with a painting so uh, 
Uh, there's a couple of questions, a couple of answers. One is I don't intentionally try to convey a feeling. You know, I see the, I see the subject. They look really interesting to me. It, uh, captivating, I should say, is mm -hmm. more, you know. And I start drawing it. And when I draw it, it becomes something else. You know, I think the art has takes life and becomes yeah. something that it was more. And I just sometimes I'm astounded. Like, how did I how did I do that? I just drew it, and it and it came it's out. Happened, yeah. You know, and 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 then one of my color studies, I did the drawing. I had the younger brother. I did. And he looked really angry when I did the, the and I said, where did that come from? Because he wasn't, <laughs> and then I said, I gotta erase it. And I said, you know, maybe this is the way the art wants it to be. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe I just let it go. And that's one of the things I think I've learned through this. You know, I'm just, let it go. So I don't intend to create an emotion. There's something about the subject that's captivating for me. And when I draw it, it comes out in a way that I never really expected it to be, and and that is really stimulating. It really, yeah. really is really engaging when they look at that. So, do you like um, do you like seeing how people interact with your work and like hearing their feedback, or you just kind of like to observe from afar? You know, um, it's really gratifying when people say that it, it's really great. Uh, you know, I have this one particular painting of this 1910 photograph of this artist of this in, a worker. And he's got a pompadour, and his, wow. co his collar is put up. He's, like, really cool, and he's not looking at the camera at all. He's, like, disgusted, you know. And I don't know, some people said, wow, he looks really cool. This is, not, this is like a 110-year-old photograph, you know. <laughs> so, uh, n no, I, I, uh, I, I enjoy that. But sometimes I see people, actually a man who looked at, the, at the, uh, the two brothers, and he looked at it very intently, quietly, for a long time, you know, put his hand to his mouth. And I don't know, I just think, he may have been an artist, you know. Yeah. I just kind of, that's a feeling I get sometimes when I look at a painting, I stare at it, you know. So, yeah, and, I, and people, I like to talk. So if people yeah. want to come and ask me questions. Oh, that's amazing, yeah. I have no problem with that. And, and do you like, like, constructive criticism? Some people say, like, a bad... Like a bad review. Some people say constructive criticism. Well, you know, I haven't had those? too many criticism. I hope that I have thicker skins, you yeah. know, than that. Than that. But um, I try to come back and think, you know, what are they saying? You know, uh, uh, Paul Laster said, you know, you need. I, there's nothing I can write here. I said, what about all this work? He says, yeah, but you need to have this. This is really great work, but you need to have consistent body. And, you know, I wasn't too happy about that, but yeah. he told me the truth. You know, he told me what I needed to hear, you know. And and that actually gave me um, impetus to work on these different themes, you know, and, and identify something I hadn't seen before. Mm -hmm. So, mm, you know, I think it's you have to be, you have to be constructive and pick yeah. out the, you know, Pick the best and leave the rest. And how do you plan your series? Because you mentioned the swimmer series, the current series you're doing. Do you does it just come naturally to you, or like while you're working on one series, you're kind of like I have a group. Of, I have a group of, of photographs that I'm working oh, okay. with, you know, and I've done maybe three or four paintings of the of the swimmers, and then I say, you know, I got to move on to something else. And now I'm doing the dancers. Mm -hmm. um, I had this large one that I just finished of the dancers. I did the drawing and I got stuck. Mm -hmm. So I put it aside and I did this other one, the ska dancers. I did this yeah. other one of, the, of this couple and it was very expressive that I did in San Miguel. So I thought if I work on this one, maybe it'll inform me how to do the other one. And so, and I really liked the way that the new one came out. Um, so that kind of gave me, I don't know, a confidence a way of no, knowing how to work with this mm -hmm. other one and the drawing came out really much better in the way that I wanted to the painting came out much better in the way I wanted to do it so there's just and so far I have a lot of ideas hopefully we'll find out when I run out <laughs> and when you're stuck as you mentioned you were stuck in the painting do you continue like a new painting or are you open to like hearing other people's ideas or you know I don't you know the, it, the, everybody here in, in the residency has been really good and they come on take they take a look but you know everyone is pretty much working on mm -hmm. on their own so I have a friend who's a very good artist uh, and she prefers to come after the day is done mm -hmm. and look at the work mm -hmm. at that point you know I just um, I'm not stuck that often but sometimes I'm concerned about making a mark that it might ruin it but oh, then I yeah. say 
you know, that's what I'm here for, you yeah. know. And, 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 and what's really interesting is that sometimes when I do something that I don't think may not work, something else comes out of it, you mm -hmm. know. I, I think, I think, you know, this is one uh, video that I listened to and the artist said, you gotta, you gotta fail. And mm -hmm. if you fail, then you're doing something right. Yeah. I mean, David, uh, David Bowie said, you know, it's like swimming. And if you're in water or you're not over your head, that isn't where you need to be. You need yeah. to be in where, where you're over your head, you know? Absolutely. And so that's, those are just the things that I just keep on, on doing. And I try, and, it, and the SCAF has really given me the opportunity to try mm -hmm. different things, you know? That's really been the, the, the great, one of the, one of the great things here. Absolutely. And how long does the residency last for? It's three months. Three months. And boy, I tell you, it goes by really fast. And you guys started in April? Yeah, April, April, April 3rd. It was the first Monday. Okay. And then we're done the, the tomorrow, the 23rd of June is a closing reception. Mm -hmm. And then we're out of here on the 28th. You know? Oh, wow. Okay. So we're going to, we clean the studios and get everything, get everything out. Besides the, the show you're working on in Mexico City, are you planning on anything else? Or? Well, well, you know, I, uh, I've applied to another residency. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, I'm the curator in... Mexico City would like to have 40 paintings. I have mm -hmm. 15, so I have a little bit of work to do, yeah. you know. Um, uh, and he also said, if that doesn't work, I can go to Oaxaca, you know. Mm -hmm. oh, wow. um, so um, that's going to be one of the things I'm going to be working on. Uh, I, also, I, also going to, I also am going to take a painting workshop with Marcus Lupertz, who is one of the, one of the, best well-known living German artist right now. Mm -hmm. I took a painting course with him last year. Oh, wow. he's, he's, he has work. He had a one-person show at the Museum of Fine Art in Munich. He has, show, he has work in the, in the Met, in the Modern Art Museum. Uh, he's an older gentleman. Um, so I'm going to be taking a painting course with him in, in July. Oh, you that's know? amazing. So that's really good. And, uh, you know, I'll also... Um, it's kind of up in the air, but uh, someone contacted me that they're going to have a, uh, an alumni show at Kane University. That's where I went. Oh, so wow. she's interested in, I think it's going to be November, December. So November, she's interested okay. in having, you know, a couple of pieces in there also. Yeah. So I'll be, We'll be sharing your Instagram later in the episode so people can follow you and check in on that. But I wanted to ask the million dollar question yeah. that I enjoy asking all the artists. Yeah. Um, from a business, like artistic business perspective, what's like an advice that you would tell your younger self? Hmm. Uh, well, I think first off, the, the you know, it, it always comes back to do the work. Mm -hmm. You have to do the work. You have to do the work. Uh, you have to have a lot of paintings before you finally have, you start getting something, you know. I think networking is really important, you know. Uh, one of the best things about being here in the East Coast, and I tell you that, you know, I lived in New Jersey for 35 years, and then I moved to California, and now I'm back here, is that, you go in and see the art all the time, and you can go in during the openings and start seeing people who are galleries that you work that you like. And you know, uh, these uh, uh, you can also see artists. You know, artists. The artists they have the show are very approachable. It, you know, you can go up and say, "I I really like your work. Can I have a selfie with you?" Uh, and you can talk to them and ask them for advice. Uh, there's no place like New York in the world. You know, New York, I mean, I mean, Chelsea alone has 300 galleries. There's 600 galleries in the city of New York. No place is like that, you know, and you can go in and, and see them. There's openings every Thursday, I think it is. Um, and so this is a great opportunity to do that, get, really get immersed in, in art. Um, I think one said person is, how do you know if you're an artist? You know, it's like, how do you know if you like to breathe? You don't think about that, you <laughs> know? That. If you just, if you, it's something you have to do. And then yeah. she said, that only means you're an artist. That doesn't mean you're a good artist. That's a whole other, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. But, you know, so I think it's do the work and then network, you know, and meet other artist friends. Um, and, uh, you know, when things don't go well, you just have to keep on working. And adapt, yeah. How do you, um, two questions, how do you see, um, the Jersey City art market like compared to what it was and what it is now and what do you hope for the future here? well you know I, I can't really say I know a lot about the Jersey you know I, I was in Westfield and so and I worked in the city and I taught in Springfield and I would come 
to uh, Jersey City for the for the openings and all. I, I think the art scene is very vibrant. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of of galleries. Uh, there's a lot. There's a, you know, a 150 Bay is great collection of studios there. Uh, where else does that exist? You know, yeah. uh, I went and and Hoboken. There was a leather. There was a uh, artist studio tour, and there was a leather factory on Observer. And I went to the fifth floor, and there were all sorts of uh, artists oh, wow. there. You know, uh, it was really just amazing. Um, and one of the artists was in the was in 2011 was in the first SCAF program, and they didn't have a lot of artists at that time, mm -hmm. so they kept on asking her to stay. So she was there for 10 months in that oh, program. Wow. And then she said when she was there, she would meet people in the elevator and say, hi, I'm Iris, where are you? And she met a lot of people and she did pick up a gallery after 10 months, somebody came and saw her work. So I think you have to be out there. You have to kind of start talking. Um, people are hesitant on that, you know, um, but you just, and then one of the, one of the professional developments here said it's nine touches. You have to connect with somebody nine times before you can really start oh, making no, a connection. That's absolutely true. Yeah. I so, always heard that. We have yeah. the same expression. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I think, you know, make art, take courses, go and see what's going on in there and start looking for people, galleries that you think are, that, that are yours and, and, and make some connections, mm -hmm. you know? And when it comes to like art and business, when you have to do the business aspect of the art world, are you able to do both in one day, or do you have to do like business day one day? And I think I'm. Day? I, I think I'm. I'm pretty much doing art most of the time, uh -huh. and then I think about you know business when I come home. You mm -hmm. know, it's like homework or something along yeah. those lines. You know, uh, you know, like for instance, uh, one of the things I did is I spent. Well, I, I, this is the opposite of what I was. What I just said yesterday. I I was uh, at the apartment till about one o'clock. Uh, sending out emails, mm -hmm. you know, to everyone that had, uh, that I, I knew. And also, I, and then I, you know, people had emails, other people were, you know, uh, did messages, you know. Uh, I couldn't find other people were, were on Facebook Messenger, uh -huh. you know. Some people were in um, Instagram. So, you know, I think part of that is making a list, a client yeah. list. And managing and so one, one of the things I realized is God I've got people all over the place here yeah. you know uh, how do I make this more uh, you know cohesive oh, um, one of the things that they said was uh, the professional development is sent out uh, a notice once a month hi how you doing I just want to let you know what, what's going on um, and I really felt pressure that's where I felt pressure mm -hmm. to to really sit down and send these emails out you know, and I couldn't do it on Monday. On Tuesday, I just I I had to. Yeah. You know, so so yeah. So that's part of. But then I just went to the studio later that day, and I worked really late that <laughs> night. So. Yeah. All right. Would you mind sharing with us your Instagram and your website, sure. please? Sure. Uh, my Instagram is uh, Leonard underscore Gabriel underscore Art. That I, that I have one that's an artist page. The other one mm -hmm. is photography. Okay. It's mainly, you know. I would that's mainly travel photography yeah. you know when I go to the museums and stuff I give you that one is Leonard underscore Gabriel underscore photography and then my uh, website is leonardgabriel.com perfect so everybody please follow him so we have so much events coming up hopefully so when I started this podcast um I wanted to like kind of like interview the same artist mm. every year and kind of like keep track of them yes. and see what where they're in their career. So I hope maybe in January, if I'm happen to be in Mexico City and ah, we get okay. the show, we can like you know see each other and then yeah. do another part too. Um, but if not, maybe we'll be in another country or sure. who knows where we'll be. Right, right. Right. So and another thing I wanted to ask: Are you open to like commissions? Because there's pre previous artists that got like, yes, sure. Yeah. Uh huh. So they can just like email you yes. or reach out on Instagram. Right. It's okay. Yeah. It's uh, Leonard Gabriel dot art at gmail dot com. Gmail. All right, Leonard. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Oh, it was a pleasure. It was a thank pleasure. You. Thank you for your time, and I'm so excited that we got to meet up today. Hey, I am too. Thank yes. you very much. Perfect. Thank you for being on my podcast. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tariq Talk. Follow Tariq Talk on all social media channels and check out the video interviews online.